Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag? Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. If I bleed tonight, if I am sad tonight, I don't have a job to find. And if I work tonight, I'm so tired tonight, I'll fall asleep when I'm home, when I'm Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of the Power Slam podcast here on Inside the Ropes. It's the first Power Slam podcast of the new year. My name is Kenny and I'm joined as always by Mr. Finley Martin. Finn, it just perks up my day when I get to speak to you. Oh, thank you, Kenny. Likewise. Likewise. I mean, today is going to be a bit of a challenge for us because we, because we don't have John Cena's bald spot to keep us going. And we, do, and we can't get any Young Bucks digs in. So it's going to be, you know, we're going to have to amp ourselves up a bit more to really get going but um i mean we're gonna have to work for a living kenny that's what you're saying <laughs> isn't it yeah we really are um but the main the main crux of stuff we're gonna talk about today is the stuff from last night's dynamite which took place in seattle washington uh, with the brand new look and i mean the new look to me looked very wwe-esque in terms of the set and the presentation of the show i don't know if that's a thing that the network have said we want it to look a bit more like WWE or whether they, you know, because the guy they brought in is Mike Mansouri, who used to work at WWE in production. He used to be like the head of product, one of the heads of production. So, you know, obviously he's going to put his stamp on it, which we saw in WWE as well. So, um, we got we got that last night, but um, it was announced on the show, Finn, Soraya in a promo uh, announced Tony Storm as her tag team partner for next week's match in LA. Yeah. Uh, however. Um, on online, there was actually a, a report by um, a report by uh, Stephen Mul- Mulhausen, um, and he said that uh, Mercedes Vernado will be her tag team partner next week. That is who it's going to end up being. Okay. Um, 
I mean, what do you think? Do you think Tony Storm does that work as an idea, or do you think that? Uh, do you th- do you think that Mercedes is is the way it's going to end up? I I have no idea. I I couldn't tell you. I mean, it does seem odd that they would put that out there because I mean, the thing is, they built this up so much now that if it is Tony Storm, I think people will be disappointed. The only thing I will say. After seeing Mercedes Mercedes Monet's appearance at Wrestle Kingdom, I can't say I'm too excited about seeing her in the ring again. <laughs> I mean, what the hell was that, Kenny? I mean, what was that? What was that move she did? I mean, yeah, the move the move wasn't ideal. I think she carried herself like a star, which is good. But the yeah, seemed more interested in a hair. A costume, a heels, and a makeup. She looked like a poser out there, Kenny. That's what she looked like. I mean, that's that's always been her gimmick, isn't it? She's just a big poser. She obviously made her appearance at Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. Uh, After the Kyrie Sane and Tam Nakano match, Kyrie Sane won, and then Mercedes Monet attacked when she extended a hand to Kyrie and then, you know, did the swerve on her. Hit her with, I'm not quite sure what the move was, but it all went wrong. And they're having a match on February 18th at Battle in the Valley. Yes. So they're going to be facing off in the US next month. Um, do you, th- do, so, I mean, do you think she, she kind of has to be the tag partner now, right? Because it's like they're I trying would, to throw you I off would the say so. Possibly, yeah. I mean, it looks like it, doesn't it? I mean, it looks like she's going to be sticking around. You're doing the, the New Japan thing possibly doing the AEW thing. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, probably she's going in. Um, I would think so, probably, yeah. I mean, I don't know, Kenny. I mean, it's a risk for her to join AEW because where does this really go? And is this going to be as good as her returning to WWE, you know, the big time and everything? But, I mean, maybe she just sort of feels like, as you said, on a previous recording, if she does these things with other companies and it's a short-term gig, then does that increase her market value to WWE? Will WWE say, listen, we'll just give you what you want for you to return here because we need you and we want you and there's all these big feuds you can have. So, I mean, maybe this is not such a bad move for her in terms of, you know, increasing her, um, her earning potential. Um, I don't know, really. It's it's hard to know, isn't it? it I, I think it's got to be someone. I don't think it's Tony Storm. I think people would be so disappointed if it was, and that also that feels like a red herring. And well, they also, would... they, they also, by the way that they did it on the show, because they had Renee Paquette sit down with Saraya in the middle of Hikaru Shida and Tony Storm, yeah. and Saraya does this really awkward kind of like, I'm going to team with the best wrestler in the world, Tony Storm, and then just starts like talking to Tony Storm, turns her back to Hikaru Shida. And yeah. she was very clearly miffed about this. So you're kind of planting that seed of, you know, is Sheeta going to take out Tony Storm next week because she's frustrated at being looked over? And then that leaves Saraya with no partner. And then obviously that could, you know, turn turn Mercedes up, have Mercedes turn up, and then you've got your big moment. Um, yeah, I mean, the guy who reported that it's going to be Mercedes is someone who doesn't report stuff too often, but when he does, it tends to be accurate. Yeah, um, and it's quite you know it's quite a, if you're somebody who is who who reports things on wrestling and you actually care about what people think of you, then you don't report something as big as this unless you're 
confident that that's what's going to happen, especially given we're only a week out. So, um, I mean, if it is her, I mean, that tells us that I guess the WWE thing is done and they just weren't going to offer her more money. And she's Yeah, I mean, possibly, or it could be a short-term gig. She yeah. might just be dropping in for a few matches. If she um, can do and... that, that would be, I mean, to her, that would be the most beneficial thing to her because if she can go out there and prove that she's a big deal outside of WWE, that's the best way for her to get back in a good contract. For, I mean, yeah, I will... yeah, yeah, I would say so. It probably is. Yeah, I mean, until until we know that she signed the long term deal with AEW, then she hasn't. It's that simple. And given the way that she conducts herself, I think she would be hesitant to do so because I think Mercedes realizes that there is demand for her and there are opportunities for her in various companies. So why tie yourself to one organization, unless it's WWE for the big money, you know, why tie yourself to one organization um, when making several appearances here and there means you're only working part time? You know, you're you're probably going to be attracting top dollar for your services. I'm sure she here, she is. And it means you're not locking yourself down and there's opportunities there for bigger and better things. So. I do I mean, also want to say, actually, I, I, I think that although Mercedes Monet's, uh, you know, appearance at Wrestle Kingdom was kind of tail of two halves, really good aesthetic, and then maybe not as not as hot follow up. Um, I do. I, I saw her, her pro wrestling tees store that she's got up, and I think right. she, she's marketed herself very well. You know, it's all about money, Mercedes Monet. There's dollar bills with her face on it. Like, I think she's done quite a good job at having something that doesn't feel like it's you know, a, a big letdown from where she was as Sasha Banks. And that's a pretty, you know, that's a tough thing to do when you can't use the name Sasha Banks. So I just want to give her a bit of credit for having some good marketing ideas for herself. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, she has. And she, I mean, she's got a huge audience out there that, that are interested in her. And that's one, that is one of the, the benefits of the social media age is that talent do have that sort of, you know, shop window, they've got that accessibility to, to their audience. People can follow them when they're not on television. So they can market their products um, or services or whatever it is that they're providing. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, it does sort of feel like it's going to be her next week, but could be wrong about that, Kenny. <laughs> we'll see, right? Indeed. Uh, well, let's talk about the other uh, big things on the show. We did have a promo segment with MJF and Brian Danielson, uh, following Danielson defeating Tony Nice, the world's most interesting wrestler. Um, and basically, the back and forth came to MJF as he is known to do, saying, "You know, you're going to have to beat these beat these people to get to me, and if you can win every match between now and February the eighth, I will give you a title shot at Revolution." And Danielson initially said I'm not doing it your way but then said I'll do it but only if you accept that I get to pick the stipulation for the revolution match uh, MGF agrees and Danielson challenges him to a one hour Ironman match and says he's going to expose him as someone who can't wrestle and can't go um, so that's that's the kind of hook to get us to revolution on March 5th what did you think of the the segment, and what do you think of the, the match idea of MJF, who is someone who's only rest, who only wrestled seven times in 2022 in a <laughs> one-hour Ironman match in, on March 5th? That's a, that's a risky proposition. Um, well, I think opposite Danielson, I think he's going to be okay. Um, I mean, he did 
he did that really long match with CM Punk, didn't he? Which never ended. Was that like 39 minutes or something, Kenny? I think it was something like that, wasn't it? Was, it was, yes. It was about 39 minutes, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not that much longer. And as long as they don't do a Sean and Brett, uh, and that is give people no falls. You know, we've seen with, you know, the famous Rock and Triple H Iron Man match, which had, was it 11 falls in total? It was something like that, wasn't it? 10 or 11 falls? It was, yeah, it was like 11 that. falls because Triple H won 6-5 in the end. Right, okay. Yeah, and when Kurt Angle and Brock Lesnar had their Iron Man match, there was quite a few. I can't remember exactly how many falls there were in that, but there was quite a few. So long as, so, so long as they, they give us lots of falls, you know, then I think they can get through an hour and there'll be a lot of stalling as well. So I think I'm not I'm not intimidated by the prospect of a one hour match between these two. I think they will make it work. Um, it just feels very familiar that Brian has got to you know run the gauntlet or do the five or however many labors of Danielson that it is. It's all feeling very samey and unoriginal, Kenny. That Danielson has to go through all these things in order to earn a title match with MJF. And how come MJF can just, you know, do these things? You know, one minute we're told that Tony Khan is in charge and he's the one that makes the matches. And then the next minute, MJF is just laying out how it's going to go. So I find that, you know, nonsensical, really, that, you know, there isn't that continuity there. It's like, how can MJF just lay this all out and then Danielson just does it, agrees to it, and then it just happens? Why isn't Tony Khan getting involved? And I know MJF said, well, I run the show, not Tony Khan. And it's like, well, Tony Khan supposedly runs AEW, but I guess it's AEW and, you know, it's not supposed to make sense. I guess that's the answer, Kenny. I, I mean, the know. thing is, the alternative involves Tony Khan coming out and being an on-screen character, so I'm <laughs> A-OK with anything that stops that from happening. I, I will say, I mean, I was someone who, in my mind, <clears throat> I wasn't really that interested in the idea of Danielson versus MJF, only because Danielson hasn't really been doing much and has kind of felt a bit blah. But I do the Iron Man. The Iron Man match does intrigue me as the match for them to have. I think it's a clever stipulation. Obviously, it's very much in Danielson's wheelhouse more than MGF, and I think the MGF will be really good in the build up to that. Um, but you see, I think I think I think as a match, it's the first time. I, th- I think it's the first time AEW have done an Iron Man match, right? I think it's the first one they've done. I can't think of another one. I mean, the Young Bucks matches always feel like Iron Man matches to me because it's so long. But, <laughs> That's it. That's um, it. They, they certainly, you have to be an Iron Man, you know, or an Iron <laughs> person to be able to get through them. Is doesn't their thing end next week? Is it the final match there of their uh, of the series next week? I think it is. Yes, yes, it? it's the final one in LA. So, um, so yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I thought MJF and Danielson. I'm, 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 I'm pretty intrigued by the Iron Man match concept. Um, Obviously, we also had uh, Chris Jericho versus Ricky Starks uh, on the show. Ricky Starks, in fact, got the win yeah. uh, over Chris Jericho after a lot of interference that Starks overcame. Yes. Um, and then he got beat down afterwards and Action Andretti came out to make the save. Uh, surprising to see Jericho take the loss to Starks and Starks look so sort of strong in his victory. What did you make of the match and the way that Starks won? Um, well, I mean, I thought a lot of it was totally unnecessary. I mean, Jericho applied the walls of Jericho and then, you know, some of his dweeb squad, one of them hit uh, Starks with a baseball bat as he was in 
the walls of Jericho and Starks made, you know, Cena come back. So I thought that was absurd. Uh, you know, so I just can't take these things seriously. I just felt like it was unnecessary. It's just like, why do we need this in the match as well? Um, but, you know, that's, I guess, just where we're at with AEW. And I just thought afterwards when Jake Hager was about to powerbond stacks through the table, I was thinking, oh, my God, what's going to happen here? I just thought that was unnecessary as well. We didn't really need that. I just feel like Stark should have been allowed to celebrate what was a huge victory for him. And instead, we've just got all these add-ons and all this extra stuff um, that was just, you know, surplus to requirements. Um, and I suppose the main takeaway is that Stark scored a big win. Um, and, you know, I was concerned after he lost to MJF, you know, what are they going to do with Starks? You know, is he just going to fall off a cliff is there no plan for him post MGF and happily there has been uh, but also you know he's beaten Jericho you know dis- overcome all this interference you know what does he do next maybe it would have been better for him to wrestle other members of the Jericho Appreciation Society and defeat them and then work towards a match with Jericho at the pay-per-view next month I mean that would have made more sense to me in terms of telling a story Feels I mean, like he's already climbed to the top of the mountain. Where does he go from here? I mean, what they could they, they could do a thing where they have uh, they have you know because I'm assuming there'll be some sort of tag match with Action Andretti and starts against the JAS or whatever. You right. could have Jericho win the rematch and then have the rubber match that Starks wins and then he's beat Jericho twice. But you have the tag match first and then you work to the singles match and they're giving the singles match away on TV. Yeah, and but I mean, Starks they, 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 has they, overcome they, all this crazy interference that was. Just absurd, really. So I just find the booking to be um, just doesn't make any sense to me. And as far as storytelling goes, it's just you know bungled. I mean, I, th- I still think there's a way to, to save it. I don't think it's a dead horse, but I think it's yeah, no, but we're using this language a way to save it. Why not just get it right in the first place? True. I mean, I, I'm trying to not. You know, sometimes you don't want to. I don't want to bury something before it's happened. Maybe there is a plan. I know a lot of times there isn't a plan, but I, I just want to see how it plays out. I think it's a good start to have Starks win, but they do have a harder proposition how they follow up. Um, he, <laughs> exactly. he need, ultimately, he needs to win the feud. That's the main thing. But he, he did, already, but he already has, and it's just started. Well, he's won the first match, but um, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm willing to see where it goes um, and, and see what happens, but I mean, Ultimately, if they're having their final thing at Revolution, which is what it should be, yeah, um, Starks needs to win. He's the yeah. one that that's going over. Uh, yeah, so, I, I agree. I agree. But he's already gone over. Yeah, but so, you know, there, there could be a story point, they're going to tell. But when you get to that point where you have that big match with Jericho, he's already beaten him. So that sense of achievement won't be there because he's already done it. True. I mean, again... You know, there's been things we've seen before that we've thought were going to not work, and then they have. So I'm just, I'm trying to be devil's advocate, Finn. I'm trying to just, you know, see how it pans out. But um, I mean, the thing with Stark says he did get a big win here. He got the big win. Uh, well, he didn't get the big win over MJF. He got the big moment with MJF. They are yeah. continuing something with Ricky Starks. He's not just someone who's being beaten. I think that's a step in the right direction. Yeah, yeah, um, I agree. So there, yeah. there, there are good things to take from it. The, the the other surprising thing that happened on the show was um, Darby Allen was able to win the TNT title from Samoa Joe. Yeah. Um, 
Which, you know, it's a big moment for Darby Allen to have in his hometown and, you know, his second TNT title win. I wish Wardlow was not the fall guy to make this all happen, but um, <laughs> what did you make of Allen lifting the belt here? Um, I just don't know what to make of it. I mean, it was very popular. Um, I mean, we saw Wardlow lose last week and then lose his hair. And I think most of us were hoping that in order to try and claw some, you know, salvage some dignity for Wardlow, some credibility, some prestige for him to try and get back to where he was, that he would attack Joe here and beat him down and leave him in a heap. That's what I would have done if I was booking. I wouldn't have taken the belt off Samoa Joe and put it on Darby Allen for a cheap one-night hometown pop. I mean, where does Wardlow fit into all of this? You know, Darby Allen's obviously a babyface. Wardlow's a babyface. So how is he going to recover his TNT title? Are we going to have a triple threat match at the pay-per-view? Possibly. That's usually the way it goes with AEW. But... I mean, you know, this just feels like a strange direction to take after what had happened the previous week. I mean, Wardlow wasn't Wardlow wasn't on the show, right, Kenny? No, he's uh, he's off the show. I mean, so you know, the thing we said last week about if Wardlow comes back, he's basically going to have to avenge Samoa Joe. Um, I mean, God, can you imagine if, if if Wardlow comes back and he wins the ROH TV title? Oh my God! <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's just maybe that's maybe that's where they're going with this but it's just yeah it was very popular on the night and people were like yay Darby's won Darby just took so much punishment in the match why is he taking all this punishment why isn't somebody backstage saying Darby stop taking all these bumps you're going to be you know you're going to be a wreck in two or three years he's going to be and it's just like I just I, I find it very difficult to watch his matches. I like Darby Allen, or I mean, I don't really have an emotional attachment to him anymore because I just feel sorry for him because he takes too much punishment in his matches. Well, I guess I do sort of have an emotional attachment for him because I feel sorry for him. But I just feel like, why is he taking all this? Why is he taking all this abuse? Why is he taking all these bumps? And it's just we've seen so many people in wrestling history do this and end up in a horrible physical state. You know, I remember the first time I met the Dynamite Kid, you know, in, when was it? 99, it must have been. January 1999. And just seeing him lying there in his bed in his living room. And um, what was he at the time? He would have been in his early 40s. And I'm not saying that Darby Allen's going to end up like that. But if he continues to take these crazy bumps, then... You wouldn't want to be him, would you, Kenny? You know what I mean? He's going to be in a lot of pain. He's creating a lot of problems for himself. And I just feel like somebody, whether it's Tony Khan or one of the agents backstage, just needs to sit him down and say, Darby, you're over now. You're a, you're a star in AEW. You have been for a long time. <clears throat> you're the TNT champion. And you need to dramatically reduce the amount of punishment that you take in your matches for your own, for your longevity, for your own, you know, post-wrestling health, for your own health during your wrestling career. So I just don't like to see wrestlers take this amount of physical abuse in the matches, Kenny. I just, I, you know, I just, I just think it's crazy. I think it's Bush League indie level, you know, mentality 
and Darby doesn't need to be doing it anymore and someone backstage should be telling him so. That's what I think about it. And and besides, he won the belt from Joe. So what does Wardlow do next? Yeah, if you think about Wardlow, it's, it's a shame because Darby Allen's sort of triumphant moment should not feel like it's coming at the expense of Wardlow. Like it should no. be, they should be separate things. They should be, you know, Wardlow should have had a separate thing with Samoa Joe where he beats him and moves on and then you do this. Um, yeah. I mean, they did... They, the positive I'll give to Tony Khan for this episode is he did. We did have Ricky Starks going over. We did have Darby Allen going over. We had younger people getting big moments on the show rather than the status quo people. So that was good. Yeah. Um, and there's some interesting programs coming up. I mean, with Darby Allen now as TNT champ, I wonder what. I mean, I would like to see personally Darby and Sting go for the tag titles at some point this year because you yeah. got to assume this is Sting's last year. You know, because he's not going to be able to do this forever. Um, he said in an interview, I think a couple of weeks ago, that he wants to retire in a match with Derby. You know, so that could be a way to go for them. Um, yeah, I mean, well, they beat Jay Lethal, didn't they, and Jeff Jarrett? Mm-hmm. You know, the last pay per view. So I, I would have thought, based upon you know wins and losses supposedly mattering, that they would then have the match with the acclaimed. But instead, it was Jarrett and Jay Lethal, even though they lost. Yeah. And, and I mean, well, actually, I did want to bring this up to you. So they acclaimed uh, defeated Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett on this show. But last week, the rap by Max Caster got a lot of play. <laughs> Karen Jarrett um, came out and had a lot of stuff to say. You posted some of it on your Facebook. What did you make of Big Karen's uh, annoyance at the, the narrative that Jeff stole her from Kurt Angle? <laughs> well, I mean... <clears throat> I mean, the thing is, anyone who's been following Karen's career or involvement or connection with pro wrestling will know that she's she's pretty outspoken. You know, I don't know whether I'm allowed to say this, uh, but I mean, would you call her a Karen, Kenny? I know she's called Karen, but she sort of comes across as a bit of a Karen, doesn't she? She's not going to allow herself to be pushed around by anyone. That's basically what I'm saying here, and that's the typical. Like, I was up in the I was up in the lakes um, for New Year's Eve, and this uh, woman packed her, you know, four by four in a taxi rank spot, which was a place exclusively for taxis. She just packed a car there. She had the typical Karen hairdo, and then she just walked off and did something. And then the taxis turned up. They were all like peeping their horns. You know, like, why are you parking in our taxi bay? You know, we can't do our jobs. And she just looked at him with contempt and just drove off. And I thought, <laughs> now that's a Karen. She doesn't, she, she's not taking, she just does what she wants to do, right? She's the king queen of her world and everyone else is one of her subjects. I mean, that's essentially her behaviour in a nutshell. But I mean, yeah, I mean, Karen made some, Karen Jarrett made some comments about Kelly Kelly um, and Kelly Kelly denied them. And she put out there in uh, on Twitter that she contacted um, Karen privately and was awaiting a response, said that she'd had, you know, the only thing she had been, her only connection with Kurt Angle when they were part of WWE was that they were co-workers. And Karen Jarrett, you know, she implied, strongly implied, I would say, Kenny, that something had been going on between Kurt and Kelly Kelly, right? When they both worked for WWE back in 05 or 06, I think it was. Mm-hmm. I mean, the thing, like, the only time that 
that Kelly Kelly and Kurt Angle would have interacted was when she was in ECW in 2006, which is when Kurt Angle's leg was purple. So yes. if he was still able to, you know, <laughs> get it on with Kelly Kelly, the guy deserves a medal. Another one. Someone did point that out on Twitter. Yeah, I, th- yeah, I think it was uh, Andrew. I, 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 Andrew, Ian Andrew Dice Clay, whatever his name is. I do. Yeah. Can I actually just, just not that I want to, you know, put the boots into Barbie Blank, but I'd like to read her tweet from this <clears throat> because this is the grammar of what she used. So Karen had said, "Funny and sad how all of all all funny and sad how all of that has been swept under the rug over all these years." Jeff didn't steal me from anyone. Hashtag Don Marie, hashtag Kelly Kelly, hashtag Deanne Sidon. I don't know who that is. Um, it's Barbie's response. This is word for word. I keep linked in this tweet. I have DM'd Karen Jarrett to privately ask her, and I'm waiting for her response. But I want to go ahead and publicly make a statement. The only way I can be linked to Kurt is we were co-workers. Sorry, but thanks for the Monday morning entertainment, lol. It's not the most professional comeback. I've ever heard. I mean, I keep linked in this tweet. Yeah. You I mean, come on. Get somebody to proofread your tweet, love, if you're gonna be, you know, coming out there in front of everybody. Yeah. Um, I do know what you mean. It's I mean, I I mean Karen, she's I don't know. I mean, to me, it's like, should you really be putting this out there, you know, on Twitter? I just think I mean she's She's, she seems pretty miffed about the whole thing still. And when did they get divorced? When was it? 2008, nine, something like that. It's a long time now, isn't it? Yeah. Since Karen and and um, and Kurt split. So she still seems bitter about the way it all went down, doesn't she? Yeah, she she does. Um, it's, I mean, Karen, Karen Jarrett is someone who I would not want to cross. No, neither would I. Uh, yeah, I mean, you just you you get the the sense that she would just you know if you get in the wrong side of her, I think it could be, in terms of the the amount of rage, it could be Rebby Hardy levels. Of <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that's you know that would be quite that would be the war that would be a war for the ages, wouldn't it? You know, Rebby versus Karen. Yeah. I mean, oh, that's a WrestleMania level main event on Twitter. Oh, can you imagine? Well, listen, um, we'll leave you with the, that thought of Karen Jarrett and Rebby Hardy going at it on uh, on 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 social media. That would be something to see. Um, but listen, we will be back on Patreon. We'll be doing an overrun. We'll be taking some listener questions um, and much, much more. So uh, we hope that you... Uh, have a good week, the rest of the week, whatever you guys get up to. Finn, I look forward to us continuing to converse for the lovely people here in 2023. Indeed, Kenny, indeed. And um, I have nearly finished my alternative year-end awards. Um, and I sent you one over, actually, part one. I, I named the uh, biggest waste of roster space of the year. I said, oh, you've got, you've got a sneak peek I did. that I, one, Kenny. I had to read that out to my other half, and we were cackling. Absolutely cackling at what you sent me over. It was very, very funny. I can't wait for people to read it and see it. Um, yes, I will be completed today. So, and I'll be on with my Q&A. So, I, if you, you know what? You know, there's still time to get some questions in for Q&A if you want to send them to me. There's still time. 
still time get on Finn's Facebook or uh, what's the email again? It's finleybmartin at gmail.com. There you go. So drop that email in there. Uh, but listen, we want to thank you for all your support, everybody. InsideTheRopesMagazine.com is where you can pick up. Uh, you can pre-order the new issue, The Rise and the Rise of Sami Zayn on the cover. He he uh, did well in the Reader Awards um, and much, much more uh, in the mag. So we hope that you will pick it up and support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Inside the Ropes. Absolutely. And really pleased to see Sami on the cover. I mean, it was going to happen a few times last year and it's finally happened in 2023. Indeed, indeed. Cannot wait to see what the rest of the year brings. We're very excited to be uh, doing all these podcasts with you guys as well So, uh, and, and bringing you the content. And hopefully, 20, I'm sure 2023 will be just as crazy in some ways as 2022. So thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll talk to you soon. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.